Hey, Susan. Hi, Saji. And today, hi, Whitney. Hey. Hi, guys. <laughs> so today we're really happy to have um, Whitney Lefevre as our guest. Um, Whitney is our family medicine clerkship director and also my colleague um, at the Stop 6 Clinic. She is core faculty with the JPS uh, Family Medicine Residency. So welcome, Whitney. All right. So um, for most people, uh, this week, this coming session, session 11, will focus on the pulmonary exam. And so we'll get right to it. Oh, I forgot. What? My favorite. Oh, disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The views and opinions of everyone here at this desk um, are our own views and opinions and in no way reflect the views and opinions of the TCU and UNT Health Science Center School of Medicine. Now, we'll get to it. <laughs> This is what you'll see in Skills of Al um, for this week. So number one, Saji. Demonstrate the ability to perform and present a pulmonary examination. Discuss review of systems for pulmonary concerns. Number three, so documenting, it continues. So document a problem-focused history, vitals, general impressions, CV, and now pulmonary exam, assessment and plan. So a, a full soap note, um, um, uh, and this I have to change it, but um, uh, per site protocol. So continue to document in the EMR. All right. And last, calculate a pack of your history for patients who smoke and discuss lung cancer screening for at least one appropriate patient who smokes. Yes. So now um, we'll just kind of move right into here are some things we can do, some tips for the session. Um, so these are the objectives for preceptors. Number one, Whitney. Discuss your approach to, the, to pulmonary concerns and the pulmonary exam with emphasis on inspection, landmarks, percussion, and auscultation. Consider a discussion of how history, exam findings, and studies like a chest x-ray inform your medical decision making. If time or the situation permits, you could consider highlighting stigmata of chronic pulmonary obstruction. Yes. Nice. Oh, thanks. That's cool. Okay, sorry. All right. Review and assess student documentation and patient story, vital, general impression, cardiovascular, pulmonary exam, as well as assessment and plan for at least one patient in clinical note per site protocol. That's so much. It's a lot. And you know, guys, we do this all the time, so we should just pause and be like... Man, good for us. Yeah. 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 All right. How far All right. did I get? Yes. Um, pretty good. So um, number three, um, help students calculate a pack year history for patients who smoke and think about lung cancer screening. So just so everyone knows, for pre-work for the session, students were given the link to the um, AHRQ um, preventive services calculator. So, you know, if you can, you can um, just pull that up on your phone or on the computer and have kind of have them think about screening a little bit and lung cancer screening in particular. Yeah, we had, I actually had a good discussion this week with my student about what kind of preventative, you know, tests that we should be ordering in a patient. And I didn't think to open up one of my favorite apps. And that's good to know that they're getting that exposure now. So yeah, it's a great app. Use it all the time. Maybe you can add it to the link. Yes. When you push it. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So I can um, put that in skills of L, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think probably a critique um, of this course is that students maybe are not looking at the pre-work um, as much as we'd like for them to. So if you notice that the student has no idea when you say EPESS, um, you know, just kind of push back at them a little bit. Hey, did you know that this is in Canvas? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and if you don't know what it is, we'll make sure that you have this yourselves. Because yes. I think some people maybe don't uh, don't know about this. 
Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Totally. But it's, it's a great app that you can just type in the demographics of a patient, and it tells you all the different screenings that they need plus level of evidence based on like yeah. the USPSTF's recommendations. Yeah, I can, I, I'll put this link then, I'll put it in the email too to preceptors. Um, and so finally, Saji. Student just had a session on motivational interviewing techniques and clinical skills. Continue the discussion with your student on how to help people make healthy changes with a focus on smoking cessation and how to manage ambivalence around change. Yeah. So Saji, tell us more about this, because this is kind of right now happening. Yeah, it is. Uh, so right now, um, we're in the pulmonary section, as you know, um, and some motivational interviewing techniques are being taught by our NRPC team. Uh, there's a checklist that we're running through, so they're understanding, like, okay, introduce it, understand when change is possible, um, addressing it for the student to, to open it up and have it nice robust discussion with their patient cool yeah so so i you know you guys um out there have probably already started having some discussions about um helping people make healthy change but um, just know that now the students have a little more background into some of these techniques like i know they talked about prochaska trans theoretical change and um and then some of the other models out there so so um now you can kind of continue you can maybe ask them you know, do, do you think your patient is, is, is what, what stage of change? Are they contemplating change? Are they pre-contemplative? I think you can um, start to have that kind of discussion with them now. All right. So on physical exam, yeah. just to kind of give you a, an idea, so yeah. they know the full pulmonary exam, so they know the basics. Yeah. Uh, they do understand what egophony is, vocal yeah. fremitus. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but... <laughs> We're such geeks. <laughs> So, um, um, but they don't understand, like, there's various methods in which people do these exams. Okay. So if you would look at our video to yep. be sure that you're kind of, like, teaching to what um, we're teaching them, and it's E to A yeah. in the egophony, mm-hmm. yeah. and some people are it's E-A, E-A, um, there's A-E, I mean, like, there's so much uh, variation of what everyone considers this to be positive. Sure. Basically, there's a change. Right. Exactly. There's a change. Maybe with some soundness to percussion and some other things. There you go. So so that would be the thing. And and skin. We need them to examine on skin. I know that's really hard in clinics sometimes. So if we're listening, we're not through clothes and a sweater and a jacket, uh, but just really (laughs) through (laughs) onto the skin. Okay. And make sure it's methodical, symmetrical. Yes. One side, then the other side. Yes. This side, then the other side. Yeah. So that we're not. We hear you, yeah, Santi. Yeah. 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 And I was just talking to Whitney. So, you know, as a result of our controversy, our, our debate around um, exposing the precordium yeah. for the cardiovascular, I do find that I am now um, trying more for every heart I listen to yeah. to expose the skin. I definitely said to the students, listen. If you don't listen on the skin, you're going to fail. You're asking. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, and I want to tell you uh, something philosophical about this generation. Yeah. They're not used to seeing skin or touching huh. even. Huh. 
I'm just saying touching is a a thing. Yeah, maybe seeing. Yeah. We could have some discussions about what they see. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're great inspectors. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> when it comes to palpation and, and touching. Touching. Yeah. So, um, yeah. like, even, you know, we all do this when we're listening to someone's lungs. We, we kind of put our hand on their shoulder a little bit or we yeah. kind of yeah. lean in mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. 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 So, let encourage that. Yes, touch I noticed on actually. The my but, student has been but, reluctant, but, to not touch. in a creepy yes. touch, right? Yes. No yes. creepy in the, touch. In the world of me too, <laughs> yes. right? Yes, like, right. I can understand yes. maybe why they're experiencing a, yes. a harder time knowing what to do. Yes. Right? Yeah, so. and so we're. It's good to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. let's not ignore it. Let's yeah. talk about it mm-hmm. so that they feel comfortable. What is appropriate, and that's where you guys. You know, how knowledge. to clinically touch the patient. Yes. Like, yeah, get really deliberate. First, I tell the patient I'm going to touch them. Yeah. Maybe I should ask permission. Mm-hmm. Can I touch you? Yeah. Or I will, can I, I, or I will be doing this on you. Yes. So we say we don't have to ask every time that you're touching them, can I do this? Can I do this? Because yeah. yeah. it kind of undermines the student's uh, a little bit of knowledge and authority in that situation. Sure. Sure. But um, But to say, hey, I'm going to do these. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's begin the exam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just say it once. I'm mm-hmm. going to be doing this once. Mm-hmm. Not not every step to yeah. step. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, we anyway. got it. Yeah. We're on board. Yeah. Yeah. Please. And I'm totally, <laughs> I've always been on board, even though it may sound kind of weird, but I, I definitely always try to listen on the skin for lungs, yeah. you know, for sure. But yeah. it's so funny how... Lift up the shirt, you know? <laughs> yeah. Lift yeah. Up in the, the back, in the, the back, back, it's one thing. It's, but yeah. the front, but I'm, I'm getting over it. And, I'm, and I'm maybe trying. it's what you can actually hear, right? Like, yes. I feel like the, with a shirt, with the lungs, it's all yes. scratchy, yeah. and like, so you don't get a good exam, whereas like you can you can hear yeah. more yes. of the heart exam. Yeah, and if it's scratchy, they're going to say everyone has wheezes, <laughs> yes. or bronchi, yes. or something. So, correct doctor documentation will not occur yeah yeah <laughs> no I, I just had this aha moment about you know thinking about um people's discomfort with um like the 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 touch oh um, yeah so okay hug okay good um, good good to know don't um hug. <laughs> don't all right, hug. All right. how are we doing on time sorry sorry well, so i had to throw it out there all right. So next, okay. Hey, good. So, um, so now, um, if you can stay, I think um, we we asked Whitney here really to um, to talk a lot about uh, assessment, and um, it's coming up. And um, I may sound like a broken record. I think the preceptor group you all just received um, an email, or really by the time this is released, and you're looking at it or listening, um, Paige Quarter is our new. Um, director of uh, assessment for the medical school. Um, She's come over from actually from UNT Health Science Center. And I'm really grateful um, to have her expertise and knowledge. And she just sent a a really wonderful summary of what to expect for this upcoming mid-year assessment. Um, So please check that out. Um, There in that email, there are some modules that can kind of help give you some background and tips. Um, So um, we'd also um, definitely like for you to do those. Um, And just to kind of um, set up our talk with Whitney a little bit, we got uh, about 50% of the class or 30 students uh, just submitted in a a mid-year program evaluation. And there were some themes, so I'm just going to kind of run through them. So on the plus side, um, they talked about a great learning environment with you. a student commented they could see their growth and progression. Um, they really enjoy the mentoring relationship they have with you. Um, they felt that you value their learning 
Um, one student said this was the best part of their week. Um, they loved how um, you engage them in all aspects of patient care, and um, they really feel involved in the care of the patient. So, wow, this really warms my heart to hear how you are helping facilitate active learning and you're helping them to engage as a true member of the team. So thank you very much. Keep that stuff going. And then there were also some things to improve. And so um, probably more common themes were some students commented about variety or not enough variety. And I, I wonder if that's just the, the kind of the nature of primary care and just seeing a lot of chronic illness. Um, um, there was a, quite a bit of confusion about panel, panel enrollment. And so I'm talking to them about that, trying to address it. Um, you know, there was some commentary on preceptors kind of not really um, knowing exactly what the focus was for the session, things like that. So um, um, we pushed back a little bit. You know, the learner can also help you out in terms of like knowing what to focus on. And I would encourage you also to um, push back to the learner too. They also get um, set tool. They have pre-work for this um, session with you. They're doing every, you know, most, most of the stuff they're doing in clinical skills before they ever show up with you. Um, so I think those were kind of the main um, things to improve. And um, so with that, we just wanted to um, ask Whitney um, um, to give us a little bit of background on this assessment assessment process, and then maybe we'll flow into tips, things that um, um, we can do to be successful in this assessment. Um, so what you'll notice on the email that you got is a document called Phase 1 LIC Patient Care Assessment. And this is a document that both Saji and I spent many a meeting working on as part of the assessment committee. Um, and we know that it is not a perfect document. It is our first go at this document, but the purpose of the way we are assessing our students is to really get at competency. So we're moving away from just rating somebody from like one to five and saying they're great, they're not, and really moving to what can my student actually do um, so that they can then work towards getting to the ideal, you know, the ideal physician at the end of medical school. So this, this assessment right now is not like it, this is not to make them feel bad. This is not to say like, you're, you're, you're terrible. The point of this assessment is for us and the students to look at, at um, all these different skills and say, where are you in your development of these skills? Have you um, started moving in the right direction? Are there areas to improve on? And the purpose of the assessment is at this point is just to get uh, a good look right now so that the student can be successful by the end of this course, which ends in oh, July, July. End of July. End of July. Yeah. So we've got six months still, right, to work on these students. And so the form, as you'll see it, has four columns. Um, the left set, the left hand column is exceeds expectation. So that's, um, you know, kind of above and beyond what we would expect a student to be able to do. Um, the far right column is expectations not met. Um, and that's in, and that really just means that they aren't, they are not able, um, they're not where we would expect them to be at this point. You know, they have been exposed to all of these things to somewhat. Um, but they're not quite, they're not there yet. And then there's two middle columns. There's the meets phase one expectation. So that's where they're supposed to be at the end of phase one. That means that this is what we want them to be able to do so that when they hit their clerkships, 
um, next fall that they are where they need to be. And then that column between expectations not met and meets phase one expectations is approaching, which means they're they're getting there. They're they're kind of right where they're supposed to be. They're developing these skills. Um, and so I don't want people to be scared of the expectations not met column because there might be some things that they really just haven't gotten to yet in clinical skills. And so if they really um, haven't developed that skill yet, it is okay to say that the expectations not met and, and that's okay. And that's not meaning that the student is doing anything wrong. That's just a flag to all of us that we need to focus in on that skill and move, move towards the left. Um, so, you know, I think history and physical exam, um, that can be kind of complicated. Maybe the physical exam one will feel icky because, well, they've done, they've only done part of the physical exam. They haven't done the complete physical exam yet. So I think probably um, if you look at the language, there's incorrectly performs the physical exam would be expectation not met. And I would use that in the framework of um, what for what they have learned. For what they have learned. Are they doing, are they, are right, like they are, if they're just totally doing everything wrong every week, then they have not learned what they need to do with the skills. And so we got to work on that. But the approaching is that they can perform perform most of the exam maneuvers correctly that they're expected to know, and that they might forget some things from time to time, right? So we're not expecting them to be proficient in everything because they still have seven months, six, seven months to get to performing exam maneuvers correctly. But right now the question is, is like when they go in the room, are they a bumbling mess or are they doing most of what they're supposed to do, but they just need a little bit of help, right, to get them to the next level. So mm -hmm. I, I just want people to not be a, be scared of yeah. rating somebody as expectations not met because maybe they're just not there and that's okay. So um, another example of maybe that's hard for people is the plan yeah. column because data we're just, too, yeah, like data and plan. Yeah. We're just starting to do that. Yes. Um, and so the language around that, like uh, around data is for approaching is that they're interpreting most data correctly. Well, um, they're doing this in PBF in Pipple, you know, they are, they're getting lab results and having to interpret that, that mean. Maybe we just haven't been offering that opportunity in our clinical sessions exactly. enough. So that's yeah. another thing to think about. Yeah. Um, have we just not witnessed it or are they really able to do it? Yeah. And then I think my th my third piece is you can't say of whether they can do these things or not unless you have witnessed them doing these things. Yes. So uh, observing them is an, is an important aspect of being able to fill out this you know form. You really want to think about actually going into the room and, and watching them do some of these things, um, you know, as you go to see where they really fall. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think when um, I just had a discussion with the students really worried because I think um, a proactive preceptor like sat down and reviewed this rubric with the student and they were kind of scared if they, if, if, um, what if my preceptor puts the, like, I'm approaching expectations, is that bad? And I was like, wow, you know, that's, I think you're exactly where you need to be. In fact, I, I, I think if I see a whole bunch of these assessments and they are all, everybody's exceeding expectations, then I think we, something wrong. yeah, we have, we're, we're, this is not, um, uh, this is not an assessment, which, which accurately paints a picture of performance because, you know, obviously, uh, maybe for some skills, I guess, around um, active listening, I guess you could have a really talented listener. Mm -hmm. um, I could see perhaps going there for that or, um, I don't know, maybe diversity respect. or respect, perhaps. Yeah. But I think all of these other kind of hard skills or uh, then 
I definitely would expect someone to be hopefully approaching expectations for most of this stuff, not to norm you. Okay, you're going to make your own assessment for your student, but or even not not um, not met based on where we're at in the course around medical decision making, like Whitney said. But I really wouldn't expect people to be mostly scoring and exceeds or meets. Then I just wonder, well, why are they, if we're really competency-based, why are they hanging out with you? <laughs> Maybe they should be <laughs> moved up to some other experience, you know, which is a whole nother discussion. So, um, so don't be afraid to, you know, designate kind of where you think your student's at. And then, of course, the discussion around remediation, I think, um, also at this point, if you feel that there are um, some places where the student is not progressing as expected, I really want to know that. Um, so um, please don't, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I would hate to be surprised also by some of these assessments. And certainly I think your student doesn't want to be surprised if you, if you have real concerns about their skills, the, these competencies in them. Um, at the end of the rubric two is a place for you to actually provide specific behaviors, actions to continue specific yeah. narrative comments and feedback. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it says, tell them what they should continue and tell them something to improve on. And that is really, I think, very important as well to focus, you know, the conversation. Wait, can I, can I yes. just say that my, my students are excellent? You're awesome. Just keep it up. Is that enough? Uh, <laughs> is that enough? Well, again, what's the point of them being there if they're not, you know, if they're exceeding in all the categories, then to your point, that's like a red flag. Like we need to have a conversation. So the narrative comments really should reflect back onto what you assess them in in these different domains, right? So if there are areas that they're not doing as well as others, that top part helps you fill out your narrative comments. It tells you, look, they're, you know, exceeding expectations. Well, that sounds like behaviors they should continue, right? Oh. And look, this area is where they're not meeting or they're not quite there. That's probably some areas to improve on. Yeah. And maybe that's also inform what you're going to write, right? right? So when Correct. you look at the not meeting, okay, cite that example or, right. or try yeah. to remember why you actually assess yeah. them that way mm -hmm. yeah. so be specific yeah mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. i i um feel really this is difficult for me like i it's it's hard for me we had that faculty development and we're supposed to write a narrative comment for the student and i it was nice to listen to others like there was one person in our group and she made this great comment you know um behavior to continue keep making eye contact um with your patients and allowing them to um, and 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 um, and also thinking about silence or something to help them tell the story. I mean, it was a really nicely worded. Um, um, I was like, "Wow, that's so good." I don't think I can. I don't think I. It really struggled doing this. So it is a little harder to um, to do it this way instead of "You're awesome, keep it up." But um, but I think it's worth the time um, because then you can have this discussion, which gives them real stuff, real behaviors to continue and then real behaviors to work on. So I had another discussion with a preceptor and you know, maybe um, uh, the student is, is five minute late every time, you know, yeah. right? Uh, and then I think um, you, can, the, you, can, you can, that's an area for growth. That's a, uh, I understand that life happens, uh, um, but I really you know, expect you to be here on time. 
ideally 10, 10 minutes ahead of time so we can huddle and so that this session is less chaotic or the flow is better or something yeah. like that. So it's difficult to do. It's really, really hard to do. It's a ch challenge. I feel challenged personally um, by, by getting so specific. Um, but I think it's it's worth it and the students are expecting this level of feedback as well. Should we write a couple of examples and send it? I know that was all with our... Yeah, um, that's our a great idea. idea. Yeah. So okay. that they can see what it is. I'm, I'm okay. sure a lot of preceptors are doing this for the very first time. Yes. Um, and Okay, you know, that's do, a great idea. So maybe yeah. the email with this, um, mm -hmm. for this... The, the faculty around the corner will just have like um, example narrative comments, yeah. maybe yeah. some that are not so specific, and then maybe some that so are more. So they get stuck. Specific. They're just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, now I understand. Yes, okay. Oh, thanks, Sadie, yeah. because now I got to come up with some <laughs> examples. I think oh. more work. Sorry, Susan. <laughs> oh, we do. Oh, we do. Yeah. We do. We do. We did that last week. That's right. Yeah. And, th and thanks to the faculty that came. Yes, oh, yes. A really yeah. big yeah. thanks to those who um, came out. We have to help, hope to have more of those things. So um, please, um, if if you're able to join us um, for future events, please do. Um, yeah. So is there anything else, Whitney, that you can think of in terms of um, of this uh, rubric? I think the thing you know the the main point of this is um, this is where medical education. Oops! What happened there? <laughs> Technical difficulty. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Milestones. You were saying. <laughs> oh, what I was saying is this is the way assessment seems to be going in medical education. So residents, we already do this. We evaluate residents on milestones, which is watching them grow over the three or however many years they're in residency, developing all these different domains and skills. And that's exactly what we're doing here. We're just getting our students ready for that sort of language so that when they're in residency, they're used to this and that they're really truly prepared um, and that we can really feel like at the end of four years, we have created students who are ready to be residents um, and have the skills developed to do that. So yeah, just keep that in mind. We're starting day one till the end. Do students see the same rating scale, like exceeds, meets phase one? Do they see this like in clinical skills? Do yeah, they... They, they see the entire rubric. Yep, and they get they get evaluated this way or well, assessed this way. Like, yeah. Um, they, so they, so so it's not mm -hmm. like it's going to be. Um, is it going to be foreign to the student to no. sit down with the preceptor and see it this way? No. So it's just different for every course. Right. Mm -hmm. So but our the rubrics exceeds are different. Yes, it's exactly the same. Approaching. Yep. It's all yeah. the, okay. Yep. It's the same. Okay. It's the same language for Pibble, just different maybe domains that yep. are chosen yep. that okay. we use there as they get evaluated in all the different courses. Yep. So okay. that's the point: is that we want them to know that this is what we expect. This is the skill we expect you to be able to develop over time and we just try to break down those skills um, incrementally so that students can see what's the next piece what's the next micro skill to get to the next level yes. and they're very um they pay attention to that so they're looking yeah. for that and and or they're like okay now i just have to say this one word and i <laughs> meet the yes all right yep students are savvy yes. smart 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 okay well Thank you, Whitney. No Very problem. Thank you, Whitney. Of course, you're coming back a lot. Um, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, next year. Big time. Okay. Phase two. Phase yeah. two. Coming up. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.